Holy crap, did you s Wow, Genlock, huh? Hi, welcome to Genlock down here on Rooster Team Radio. I'm- Wow, just- Okay, we- Uh, alright, I'm having- Welcome. Hello. Can you can you tell we're a little off today? Welcome to today's episode of Gen Lockdown, where we're going to be talking about episode six of G- Rooster Teeth's Gen Lock. And uh, oh boy, thank God I'm not doing this alone. I'm here with the rest of the Gen Lockdown team, starting with Megan Salinas. Hey everybody, I'm your favorite copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of Megan's mind. So are you like Paper Jam Dipper? <laughs> Kill me. You're Paper Jam Chase. <laughs> oh, yes, God. I am Paper Jam Megan. We're also joined by Katie Cullen. Oh my god, you killed them all, you maniacs! I love it. I love it so, so much. Well, let's let's hope... Hey, hey Stacy, you have any murder on the mind? No, not today. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think I'm not going to do a murder, but we're not sure. Further bulletins as a Vunce Warrant. Wasn't thinking about it until Katie mentioned it, but now I am. Oh boy, whole team's here, and and usually we would start the show with general thoughts, but uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit tonight. And so, starting with the wonderful Stacey Shuttleworth, I'm going to ask you, how hopeless does it look? What do you mean? There was that beautiful dance sequence, and then the episode just ended. <laughs> right? Everything's... <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> like, can you imagine you're watching the show and then your first subscription ends and they cut the episode? Like, sorry, you, you didn't pay your first. And you're like, oh, I like how the season ended. That was great. They were in total sync. <laughs> Wonderful. A little abrupt for my taste, but... I'll take it. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> there were things that happened and we knew that something like this was going to happen and then it was ha- then it happened and we were still not prepared. I was still not prepared. War is hell, y'all. The image of an empty conference room with banners and cake and fruit punch. Like all all of this this all set up for a delightful party. That will never happen. That's how hopeless it looks. No joke, guys. That scene, like this episode made me cry. That that stupid little bit in particular brought tears to my eyes. Like it got way too real and it made me way too sad. And I loved every second of it. It was wonderful. Yeah, Leon is seems to be the type of guy that is very much a literal, a literal sarcastic guy. Yeah, we're not. We're gonna do this exact thing, <laughs> and then he did. I mean, it was perfect. Like you want that guy to plan your surprise party. It was perfect. No one suspected that they were gonna get a party. <laughs> so if he's still alive, definitely hook uh, hook Leon up when it comes to your party planning, guys. He when this war is done. <laughs> He could maybe have a side gig as a party planner. But, he's oh, he's man. just a guy that has fruit punch and tasteful cakes. Like, that's that's the guy that you want to hire? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the heart is there. <laughs> it's like the most tame party ever. The, I, don't, I don't know. After the, after the Union Tech went through, I don't know if there's anything left. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because there's no one else left to talk to. Because they're dead. They're all super, 
super dead. You sound so happy. What happened to the Katie that was no body, no death? I mean, okay, okay. Oh, we're going that. You know me. I lean into the curve until I'm horizontal. It's fun. It's fun. It's more to the point that we've seen what unfettered union nanotech is capable of. There are probably, honestly, there are probably some survivors. Let's be real. We're probably going to have them show up in other places, doing other things. Maybe they'll be screwed up by the nanotech or whatever. We don't know. But I'm leaning super hard into this. Oh my god, you maniacs, you've killed them all, bit. Because it's a hell of a turn. And I love it. So uncharacteristic of you, but I'll take it so that we can continue. Uh, I haven't been. Have, have you seen me? <laughs> I, I apparently I haven't seen Murder Happy Threesome Happy Katie. That's a new revelation that's happened on this show. Death by threesome, my friend. Death by threesome. Jesus Christ! Or you might have just killed Megan. That's fine too. Actually, that's not fine. I'm not okay with that. No, uh, I haven't been this sad since I watched Pixar's Kitbull short, and now we have the SEO moving forward. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone is sadder. You opportunistic, beautiful human. Uh, I do what I can. It's all about marketing. I. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't think that it. If if Rooster Teeth animation has taught me anything, if Gray Haddock has taught me anything, it's that nothing is over, even when the season ends. Like we haven't. Like Katie, you said that we've seen unfettered union tech. We we haven't. We've seen what happens when they go for the kill on one of the walkers, but that's it. I still think there's room for the theory that the now. So I'll I'll say this: now that we know that they have their they have their mitts on a brain, I still think that the nanotech is a version of that where they're sort of like a, a child of that technology to where they're taking the biological data and recreating it. I and we've we've also seen that uh the nemesis, which was it was great to get a name drop of that today, that the nemesis was um it can create like a protective bubble without it necessarily infecting. So all that we've seen when it came to them attacking the anvil was that there is a just a big protective bubble over the anvil and we presume that everybody's going to die but it doesn't necessarily especially if chase is is sort of calling the shots in the nemesis i don't think if if people are dead i don't think everybody's dead we did see the nanotech flooding into the open bay in the anvil so for me, I'd say that is some pretty dang heavy implications. Again, seeing that we've seen it usually eat people alive, like so many angry microscopic piranha. So, yeah. We've seen it eat one person alive. With the heavy, heavy implication that it continues to do more. I, I go back to the scene of ashes and a swing set. Sure, but we don't see what it does yet. I think there's I call call me a, a hopeless hope mantic, uh, but I still have hope. There, that's three uses of hope in a sentence. Call me Miriam Webster. <laughs> I can change the world. I was gonna say, is that good for the SEO? Never. Also, I would like to, for our discounticon, propose the name of Nemachase Prime. 
That's so many more syllables. But it's so satisfying. We're leaning into Nemesis Prime and Nemesis and it's Chase and it's the original brain. It's perfect. Nemechase Prime. They rolls off the But top. they also already gave us a name. <laughs> like we have a name for it. Since when do we care about that? I for so that the audience doesn't get confused, I do. Okay, legit. Yeah. Um, So let's move on to another sad piece of uh, business that happened. Is the doctor truly gone? Because we're on a tear already. Katie, is the doctor truly gone? Yes. Cool. Uh, (laughs) Stacy. Like the the joke was, oh, they could only afford Michael B. Jordan for a half an episode. No, they could only afford David Tennant for about six. I will be surprised if we don't get like video logs of him voiceover stuff other things but in terms of is dr weller still kicking eh, signs point to no that physical body is gone now that doesn't mean i don't think that there is a copy of him or at least some very detailed instructions that he has narrated and set up to send with these kids somewhere along the line uh, I am right there with you, Stacy. Uh, <clears throat> physical body, definitely dead. But if we think Dr. Weller isn't the type of person to absolutely back up his brain six ways from Sunday, like, I think we're being a little naive in that assumption. That man absolutely has his brain backed up in probably, like, five different places. Um, uh, whether or not... His consciousness will come back before the season is over. I, I think that's sort of a coin toss. And um, but I definitely think that, you know, this was the end of his physical life. But I absolutely think he totally pulled a Kayaba Akahiko and definitely uploaded his mind to like the ether or something. <laughs> like, look at that pull <laughs> for all USAO fans out there. Did you stretch? Because that was a big bull. <laughs> Ouch. Well, here's something I would like to propose. Because we saw in our incredible, incredible flashback montage that one of the first Genlock bots was Caliban. Or was something that looked a whole hell of a lot like Caliban. It was blinking, you miss it, but it was one of the first ones that Chase was able to put his mind into. So the questions now are, is Dr. Weller Genlock compatible? And if so, is there a copy of him available to be uploaded into Caliban? What is the Omega Protocol? Because when he sent them off, he said, Omega Protocols apply. Could that be it? Well, Omega is usually an instance of the end, the final, which could have just been the name for, hey, I'm I'm about to go down. And I think when he mentioned that that's when backup stopped, that doesn't mean that Chase was the only mind that was backed up. And I think there's there's going to be some version of Dr. Weller that comes back, whether it's his voice that comes out of Caliban or if he has... Uh, he's also a a little neopet digital uh, projector projection that we get. T- time will tell on that. We'll probably see that'll probably, if anything, post either just before credits on episode eight or post credits on episode eight. But I don't think we'll know the full extent of the Omega Protocol until uh, the end, so to speak. Legit. I think that's a fair assessment. What was, since Katie, since you brought it up, what was everybody's favorite part of that beautiful 
flashback sequence and i'll start with megan uh it was the like for for me you know people are always really impressed in live action productions when you have a continuous take um and so for me just the whole that whole sequence where the camera's moving backwards and yeah, I know it's a little easier to, to accomplish in animation than it is live action, but seeing that continuous take of that, of basically the time lapse from when Chase signed on to the program, you know, to them actually getting it to work and everything like that, just going through that whole sequence was so, so cool. It's devastating, you know, hearing what actually happened to him but like just seeing it unfold was super awesome so yeah my answer is that continuous take i'm going to just stay on this train of being the worst human on this podcast my favorite part of that my favorite shot was the part where chase got captured the framing the music the emotion all of it was absolutely incredible you could feel that hopelessness and that fear and that was just I just stuff like that hits my buttons you know I've got a couple buttons I've got some narrative tropes that I really like and that just kind of sat on one of them and went this this is a thing you like in your stories go and I went yes yes it is thank you for giving it to me with such wonderful framing terrifying yeah, anytime the Halans actually exhibit emotion, particularly with their eyes, it's really effective. Like, we saw it with Cammy in the last episode, and you see it in this flashback sequence when Chase gets captured. Just the, you know, it's just a very subtle movement with the eyes, but it, it goes a long way. That fear and that desperation from a face that isn't really human, but is close enough to count. I'm kind of with Megan. I think that sequence was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the way it was sequenced was just beautifully simplistic and clear storytelling. We got such a vivid picture from so few moments that were animated as we drew through the process. And that, that stuck with me. Truly remarkable. And I'm looking into it. Since when do I look into stuff a little bit too much? Um, I noticed the shape of the device, the quote-unquote explosive, implosive, whatever it was that uh, Weller was used to hold off his attackers, was similar in shape to the core of the cyberbrain, but that's that's neither here nor there. It's probably nothing. Hashtag nerf is 30. <laughs> Whenever you can. <laughs> I'm looking for hope, man. But yeah, I, I agree with seeing the the hopelessness in the eyes Ugh, just terrifying the the spider bots and do you think that this mission was the prologue that we first saw when that revealed the whole show i, I think that was uh, a lot of the setup that we had been getting little glimpses of as we moved back and forth god if the fact that oh ooh, man do they know how to storytell and it just keeps going back, like it goes back to Ruby with all of the shorts meaning a hell of a lot. Um, oh boy, man, I hope Dr. Weller's not gone. I mean, they've had 15 years to perfect the art of their particular brand of storytelling, and we are really reaping the benefits of that this time around, especially with the latest season of Ruby, with the existence of Nomad of Nowhere, and the existence of Genlock. 
they keep tightening up their formula to to get these payoffs closer and closer and closer and i didn't think that my prediction at the top of the season would mean anything but holy shit they got david tennant to say do you ever wonder why we're here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second time they've done that joke in the show i love it i think we just need uh chase to say it and then we're good <laughs> we'll get our vo bingo <laughs> <laughs> no, we need somebody to yell. This doesn't seem physically possible. Yes. Yeah, Megus. That's exactly what Megus kept screaming. <laughs> this doesn't seem physically possible. Oh, guys, don't don't bring up Megus because now I'm thinking about how he was out in the open when all of those nanobots got into the base. I know, I'm so worried about him. You really think they didn't take their mechanic on the transport? I find that hard. I think he'll he'll either be a stowaway or alive. We can only hope. I hope so. Quote unquote throwaway. But that actually brings up the next question that I wanted to ask. And I'll start with Stacy on this one. If anybody survived the attack, who survived the attack? Well, I mean, I have, I mean, I have some kind of hope that that command center has some kind of sealing protocol that they were able to enact towards the end there. Now, under a long-term attack, I don't know how long it would hold up, but it might give them a little edge for a while to at least get whoever's in that main command room moving. Other than that, I don't have very much hope for many other people. There's a part of me that thinks, oh my god, like, they actually did it. They, like, murdered everyone. But, like, at the end of the day, I do think that Miranda is still like it's entirely possible that they killed off everybody but I I feel like Miranda's still there I feel like Leon's still there I feel like Migas is still there I feel like Jody's probably still alive Uh, (laughs) maybe you sounded so sure I'm not sure about anybody being alive um I, I hope that the colonel is still alive because if if not then that's that's two shows <laughs> where uh, where this actress has been in two rooster teeth shows where this actress has been killed off and when they killed off Sienna Khan I was heartbroken <laughs> um, so I I hope that the colonel's still alive as well I would say that most of the people who had some form of protection are probably still alive or just held out longer than other people. Our walker crew, for example, are in sealed cockpits. And even in episode one, when they saw the nanotech coming, one of them took out sealant and started sealing holes in their, um, visor's not the word, windshield? Essentially, they've dealt with Union Nanotech before and they know that a sealed place is usually better than being out in the open. Honestly, I would imagine that most people did survive and that we just murdered a fuck ton of NPCs. I don't know. I do as much as I would absolutely love the they murdered half their named characters. Let's do this. Let's go. Twist of things. That might be a little too red wedding a little too soon. Yeah. I'd I'd be hard pressed if like it's one thing to kill off one of your high profile lead talent but it's another to kill everybody, really. And I, I'm sure that there are plans for the future for Genlock, whether we know them or not. So I think the the end of this is going to give us 
similar to the end of Last Jedi vibes where it's really this small group of the polity and thanks to Genlock they can start fighting back but we might be able to yeah hopefully hopefully we'll see what the nanotech actually does on a on a big scale like this because they just haven't told us god damn before we move on to our next topic i just wanted to take the opportunity to thank everybody who has come along for this rooster team radio ride whether you're listening for the first time you found us just because you're also a fan of genlock or any of the other stuff that we cover or have yet to cover Thank you, everybody, for following along. Uh, You can always be a part of the conversation by heading over to our Discord. Those links are down below. You can find us on Twitter at The Rooster Team. And I wanted to thank somebody who gave us an iTunes review. And if if you leave us iTunes reviews, it helps us get found. It helps more people uh, come along and join the family. So uh, I wanted to thank Let's Shadles, who left us this comment. I found the AfterBuzz TV after show after I finally started watching Ruby at the end of Volume 4. I had become obsessed with finding all of the panels, live streams, Q&As, and everything else having to do with Ruby when the after show was recommended to me on YouTube. I loved it. The way everyone felt like friends, being able to bounce off of each other and overall provide good entertainment as well as good reviews was really cool. Add in the fact that they had guests from the cast and crew and that's just some icing on top. Two years after finding the show, it has ended, but now we have all the goodness of the Rooster Team and more. See? And more. Super excited about all the shows. Thanks for being awesome. That was a five-star review. Thank you so much, Let's Shadles. That was very nice of you. And if you uh, are in an international store, we won't be able to see those. So please uh, take a screenshot. Send those to us via our Twitter, at the Rooster Team. And uh, if you want to support the show, uh, we have a what's what's the word a paypal.me paypal.me slash the rooster team we have anchor.fm slash the rooster team where you can sign up for a monthly paid subscription for either a dollar five dollars or ten dollars and all of that will go to us going to rtx or getting better equipment things like that Uh, help us make the show how we want it to be we do want to make it back to youtube at some point but for right now we are sticking to the radio station and anyway we do have that youtube channel youtube.com slash the rooster team where you can find our frozen ruby trailer that was a lot of fun to make and uh one other way you can you can support us is if you go to tpublic.com slash the rooster team we've got a whole bunch of fun designs on there related to a whole slew of rooster teeth uh content as well as ourselves so please go check it out we'd really appreciate it we also wanted to take the time to thank our sponsor and katie has more information on that katie i do rooster team radio is sponsored by fred's bs breads and spreads by fred fred's bs is an la local one-man baked goods business that offers unique flavors in small batches whether you're looking for homemade jams brownies blondies or brown sugar buddies the best cookies you've ever had Fred's BS can provide. All products are made in small batches with fresh ingredients. Nothing is ever frozen. Fred provides a plethora of flavors that can't be found in stores, like the aforementioned Brown Sugar Buddies or his Strawberry Peach Paradise Sunrise Jam. Also, if you're LA local, you can choose pickup instead of delivery and get your goods even sooner. Head to fredsbs.com and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. That's fredsbs.com, F-R-E-D-S-B-S.com, and coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM. Fred's BS. Treat yourself, because you deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what we deserve? To talk about something lighter. Let's talk about the dance sequence between Val and Kazu that was animated by the amazing Kim Newman, who was giving no uh, thing other than, hey, we want them to dance here. 
And so we get this remarkable fight scene of the two of them taking down all of these spider tanks. I want to know what stood out the most to you, starting with Stacy. Gosh, this entire sequence was just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I think the focus on the footwork in several of the shots was just absolutely stunning to me. And then seeing the follow-through when it panned out and you saw the moves that they were actually doing, the entire thing was just breathtaking. Agreed. One of the coolest bloody things that I think Brewster Teeth has animated, and that's saying something. What about you, Megan? Uh, it's it's so hard to pick. I'm just so happy that I got my both of you dance like you want to win moment. I was so thrilled. Um, I think the highlight for me though is kind of the sword play, um, because not only are they are they dancing together, but you know Kazu has both of his swords. Um, you know, and and you know the the way it kind of doubles as both dance and fight choreography um it flows so seamlessly together um and as, in terms of a a more of a story sort of beat i really love that it was val dancing with uh kazu because kazu seemed to be initially the most uncomfortable with the fact that val as a person is non-binary or gender fluid it, and he seemed to be the most uncomfortable with that, or if not uncomfortable, the the one who didn't necessarily get it. Um, so I thought it was really profound how without having to go through a big explanation or without having anybody having to give a rousing speech or anything like that, it was just these two people could connect in a very profound way. Uh, and, and we get to see that visually. And it was it was awesome. I would be remiss if I didn't say sword fighting. Bounce a bow wow. Moving on, Katie. What did you? What was your favorite thing about the sequence? I, for one, was struck by the choreography. It's I have, I have some dance experience. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yes, I'm a professional dancer because I'm really, really not. But I've had a good chunk of experience, and watching this dance, you can tell when someone who is a dancer choreograph something and you can tell when someone who doesn't always understand how it works choreograph something and the choreography on this was unbelievably good it was so so solid it very much struck me as someone who knew how to do this someone who had experience in dance or in choreography someone who knew what they were talking about and was able to take that and combine it with the camera angles with the framing with the editing that you're able to do in an animated medium and just elevate it beyond its basic level it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful I would highly recommend if you don't follow Kimbo Slasher on Twitter, that is Kim Newman, uh, the animator who is responsible for the dance sequence, and uh, she just went off on a thread, so you can find out a lot about this dance sequence if you just go on back to uh, to Twitter and check it out. I I loved everything about it. One of the interesting things that we got to see from this and then the subsequent scene with Chase um Chase and Yaz was that the pilot who is visiting and joining with uh, whomever it may be physically leaves their haul on to go to the other one. So we saw 
Yaz go over to Julian and then come back as her Holland was taking fire. So I thought that that was an interesting way. And the, the reason why Val's didn't encounter any problems was because they were in sniper position. But other than that, I, I agree, Katie, the bloody choreography was top notch. And I wonder, I know that the, the camera work and the close-ups and everything and the switching between the fight and the dance is very specific, but I wonder if a full cut of either the dance or the fight exists and if we'd be able to see it. I want it. I need it in my life. Put it on the Blu-rays. Put it in the steelbook. Please allow me to put that in my face. I would especially love side-by-sides of the dance choreography and the Holland's movements. Wait. Give wait. me that split screen. <laughs> wait, I can I can one up it. Can Please do. Can we get can we get Kazu and Val and their Holland's doing this the team Juniper choreography from volume <laughs> two? Yes. Oh. Oh. From the mic when you did Oh, I was thinking the Macarena, <laughs> but you outdid me. Damn. Oh, God. I concur 100% with this, Mark. I am all about it. Excellent. Can we just release the models so we can do some MMD madness? I would love to see the bye-bye-bye dance. Oh, the, the possibilities are endless. Uh, too soon, too soon. For bye-bye-bye... Oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. Yikes. <laughs> oh, Mark. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I do it unintentionally. You may hate me, but it ain't no lie. Baby, bye, bye, bye. Well, that hurts a lot more than I expected. (laughs) Everything hurts. This show's gotten to a really weird place at the moment. I'm very happy right now. (laughs) I just want, I want thoughts about our big chase reveal about the chase that we know is actually the copy. And uh, the nemesis chase is supposed, is technically Julian's real self. But then you get into the question of humanity and if this has all of the memories and 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 everything don't both technically have a right to be called Julian i just want to know your basic thoughts and i'll start with you katie i'm pretty sure that actual original chase mind is in a box somewhere or like a jar it is somewhere in a container and they're keeping it and what we have in the Discounticon right now is another copy. Potentially two copies smushed together because how do you get the human brain to handle four arms? So I legitimately think that they're keeping the original somewhere, they're copying it, they're experimenting on and or torturing these copies to try to figure things out, and the most successful copy or copy mishmash or copy amalgamate was the one that they told, hey, surprise, you're real, you're a real boy, and threw it into the Discounticon and said, now go do a bunch of murders. Like, yeah, my red versus blue is really showing here, but I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Hey, we're the union. Can you go do us a bunch of murders? That'd be great. Sorry. I just, I imag- I don't know why I imagined the, the union just sounded like a bunch of dullards. But uh, <laughs> Stacey, wh- what do you think about uh, Nemesis Julian? I think this entire situation just raises some horrifying questions about humanity and about how we proceed forward from here. Because 
if it is true that that is the original chase, I can't even imagine what he has been put through, what his mind has been subjected to. And we see it in his communications in just this broken, confused, something is horribly wrong, and that mind has been horribly mistreated. But it would still be Chase. And we can't discount the fact of his personhood, you know, just because, well, it's not the Chase that's whole and, well, relatively whole and healthy over here. Yeah, that that's that's a big part of the debate because they have Chase's mind, but Dr. Weller has Chase's body. Both have a right to call themselves Chase. And that that dichotomy is going to be very interesting. Uh, did anybody notice that they changed the intro? Yes, they did. I thought it looked a little different. They changed. So you, before uh, today's episode, they fl- they would flash Julian in the in the tube at the very end. But this week, in case you missed it, they flashed Nemesis Julian. <laughs> I think I looked away at that split second because I was so used to just like, yep, it's Julian in the tube. I thought it looked different, but I couldn't place it. Blink and you'll miss it. Well, I saw this flash of red. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. Like, Wait a second. Wait a second. I have to go back. That was not what we've seen before. Don't blink. Blink and you're dead. Wait. Somehow I feel very uncomfortable. What just happened? Right? <laughs> um... Who, I, Megan, how about you? What did you think about Chase versus Chase? I I love what both Katie and Stacy had to say uh, because I I definitely double down on the theory that this isn't Chase's mind that it is in fact a copy of a, a copy because at least in my mind, if they got a hold of Chase of Chase's mind, you know they would. You don't want to necessarily wreck the only working genlock brain that you have. So in my mind, I'm like, it, it would be smart of the union to make a copy or to make multiple copies. And um, kind of like, you know, to quote Timeline, the the subpar Michael Crichton movie, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like faxing a fax with every copy, you know. When you make a copy of a copy, it's going to degenerate a little bit. So I I could see... I could see a scenario where Nemesis isn't the real Chase, but it's in fact a copy or multiple copies that have been subjected to multiple experiments and all sorts of other things. But on the other hand, we know first we we know the extent of union cruelty and we know that it's not it's not exactly outside of their moral compass or lack thereof to absolutely horribly torture, like mentally torture Chase. Um, that is absolutely not outside the realm of possibility. We know what they're capable of. This is a group of people who regularly attack civilians with absolutely no remorse. So I would not put it past them to just, you know, subject Chase to all sorts of unfathomable terrors until he's in the state that we see him in as Nemesis. However, I I love both scenarios um, because it comes back to that thing that we talked about when, way back when, when we first started talking about the show, about how science fiction allows us the ability to have conversations about what it means to be human. 
And that's exactly what this scenario presents us with. Because both, as you said, Mark, are sort of equally have the right to say they are Chase's mind, you know, or that they are Chase. But, you know, it like, you know, it, like any good science fiction, it's like, what does it mean to be human? Where, where does that line between technology and humanity where does that where is that line drawn and can a copy of a human mind like have a soul you know that these are all questions that have been shoved to the forefront of this series thanks to this scenario it's incredible either way and I can't wait to see how Rooster Teeth sort of runs with this dialogue. Um, Megan, you asked, where do we draw the line? And I think specifically with Chase, the line's like just under the stomach. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm out of ice cream. So (laughs) uh, this is something that I I forgot to ask. and, And just because it's a little bit of a uh, of a fun subject i just wanted to see if anybody caught them what is everybody's favorite call sign when it came to our pilots and if you need a refresher i can offer it i'm starting starting with megan i'm gonna need that refresher <laughs> all right here's here are refreshers uh valentina call sign wraith yaz call sign hold on i have the proper pronunciation uh call sign homa uh nope nope don't go away uh chase chaser cammy call sign tricks and kazu call sign shogun megan whom's is whomst is your favorite wraith you gotta go with wraith wraith is the best code name to think you would go with something that's kind of like ghosty or horror related i'm i'm surprised at you (laughs) i'm gonna go with either wraith or shogun i like them i think they're creative and I think they're fitting. I just, yep, those two. I adore Wraith, but I'm going to have to go with Trix. Thank you. Just because of the, like, references behind it. I think that that is so fitting for Cammy. And was I the only one who thought of, like, Trix are for kids? Silly rabbit. <laughs> and, and just, that that was the first thing. I was just like, oh, they, they did it. They did that. <laughs> they also did double X's so that they can't get sued. So that's helpful. <laughs> You do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. I, I did some research into it. And uh, for Yaz's call sign, Homa, it, it references what uh, Weller said in the episode where he said, time to fly again, little bird. Homa is a, um, a mythical bird of Iranian legend and fable um, that it, there's a lot of different stories, but um, it's kind of like griffin but it's it's more of a it, it's a lot of really cool stuff it that i just go on damn youtube not youtube go to wikipedia for god's sake learn yourself something but um i was a big fan of we, we keep learning more and more tiny bits about yaz and now seemingly that she might be the de facto leader of genlock because of what happened to dr weller uh hopefully that means that we learn more about her um Oh, and I forgot I forgot to say this too. When it comes to Chase versus Chase, I would like to see the union's side of that story in a presented in a similar way as our flashback, but instead of moving towards the camera, moving away from the camera. 
pushing in instead of pulling out. I love that. That would be fantastic. That would be a fantastic parallel. I would love to see it presented as a short, almost in the same way that we've got the world of remnants or the audio diaries leading up to Red vs. Blue season 13. And I know that was a while ago, but I still really appreciate that kind of trailer work. There's, there's a lot. We still got two episodes left, and a lot happened on this one. So we're just kind of waiting with bated breath to see what's happened, what to see what happens next. Before we do go, though, I wanted to ask: Was there anything else that anybody wanted to bring up on the show? I, I have something. Megan, please. Talking about Yaz. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I, I physically raised my hand like a weirdo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I made fun of her for it. Um, but talking about Yaz. Um, I will say that this episode changed my perspective on her quite a bit because when we're first introduced to her, she seems very standoffish and very cold. And, you know, uh, we knew that we were going to get more depth with her, but, you know, she seemed like that sort of typical stoic, strong female character sort of archetype. But over the course of the last two episodes, particularly, she was the first one to suggest um, doing the sort of mindscape, mind meld with Cammy in order to help her out. She was the first one to suggest that um, two episodes ago. And then in this episode, after we get that beautiful dance sequence, um, she tries reaching out to Chase to do that exact thing. And he shoots her down. And granted, he's he's just went through a lot, <laughs> you know, learning that you're actually a copy of the original and the original's gone crazy and is trying to kill you and all your friends. Like, that's a lot to unpack um, for anybody. But that moment and just seeing the hurt on her face, it made me sort of question whether or not she was the stoic cold one who was closed off or, in fact... If it's been Chase this whole time, who's been um, hesitant about sort of connecting in the mindscape because either because of, you know, this weird feeling that, you know, the nemesis creature is exhibiting because he can hear them too, you know, whether it was just sort of a weird feeling about like connecting with other people or if it was, and this is maybe me taking a little bit of a leap. If it was maybe he felt like he would be betraying Miranda if he connected somebody in such an intimate way. Um, So I I was very interested to see that moment between him and Yaz because what that said to me is what I thought I knew about her was incorrect and what I thought I knew about their dynamic was incorrect. I can speak a little bit, well, not definitively but i i would like to comment on that if if everybody else will let me please do i i think it's more of chase the the brain frame was uh is where chase exists it's where he lives it's where he can truly be himself so i don't especially when he finds out that there's another version of himself that he's literally fa- he's having a a conflict of self externally and all of the people that he loves are uh, are put in danger as a result so i think it's more it's not chase is unconsciously keeping people out i don't know if it's necessarily hey i'm connecting with people but at the same time i can see yaz 
because of the connection that the the brain frame does and i know i know i keep going to, to crunch time for it with brain frame but it's just such a good it's such a good name um i i think that yaz has a different understanding of i think it, it yeah i think yaz i agree with you there that yaz is is thinks that things are one way and they're not but i think chase it was so focused on getting back to where he was that four years went by and he's met new people and he has new friends and he has like, he hasn't, he may be awake, but he hasn't woken up yet. I think that's a really good way to put that. I feel like Chase has kind of had one foot out the door on this Genlock program. And I think we've seen that more and more in the previous couple of episodes. So I think his decision at the end of this episode was kind of momentous for him especially with, uh, I mean, what I'm starting to think as to why he won't connect on that deeper level is because maybe he did always kind of hope that he could go back with his original position back to that life. Megan, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I I continue (laughs) to love our Discounticon. I I love what Rooster Teeth has done with um, setting up with this, again, this conflict of, you know, again, questioning what it means to be human. And uh, it, yeah, it's just, it's so cool. And I, you know, every everything that we've gone up to, this show continues to surprise me. And even when we, we do sort of call certain things, um, the the way the show continues to execute it is so surprising. It, it's it's very rare that a show makes me laugh. It makes me cry. It has me on the edge of my seat. It has me yelling. And that's, you know, this episode did all of those things. Did anybody else have any discussion stuff that they wanted to bring up? Or are we all just wallowing in self-pity until Saturday's episode? And, you know, cackling wildly at the idea of half the cast being gone. But yeah, yeah. Just me. Just lots of crying over here. It's fine. Then uh, why don't we wrap this up and uh, go back to watching that fight scene uh, on repeat ad nauseum uh, before. Thank you so much, everybody, for checking out this episode of Rooster Team Radio, specifically Gen Lockdown. Make sure you stay tuned here. We're going to be having stuff relating to other uh, the Rooster Teeth family of programming, including a couple of things that we haven't revealed yet. We're just waiting on a couple of things to get news about. And that's a hint. So uh, before we go, uh, I'm, let's uh, let's everybody go around and tell us where you can find you, where what you're working on, starting with Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I also do a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost. So be sure to uh, so be sure to check that out. Those were the words I was trying to find. I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to these things, they live on that YouTube channel. I am also on an Overwatch podcast called On The Point. I'm Stacey Shuttleworth. You can find me all over the web at Stacey Shuttles. Twitter and Instagram is where I post about any jewelry project, cosplay projects, anything else I might be working on, so check it out there. And you can follow me at Mark B. Donica. i got a bunch of different podcasts that we're doing, including uh, Party of Two, which is a theme park podcast that I do with my wife. We're talking a lot about Galaxy's Edge coming up at the uh, at the beginning of the summer as well as a whole bunch of other stuff there's been a lot of news so make sure to check that out and we're also planning something fun that everybody here could 
and probably will be interested in more news on that coming up um but make sure to follow us at the rooster team on twitter join our discord uh all of the links that we talked about that and if you want to help support us all of those links are down below and uh if you want to pick up some merch, tpublic.com slash the rooster team. But thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Gen Lockdown. We will see you at whatever's left of the anvil. <laughs>